are we talking about today? Then? Ah, interesting. Yeah, that's the, what about check-in? If I tell you about, I'm, I'm really feeling really good at the moment. That's good. And here's why. For ages, my mornings have been pushed back and back and back until it's got to the stage where the, my agency that look after me have struggled to get here before 10, 11 o'clock in the morning to get me out of bed. Yeah. Um, we've arranged it now that I get out of bed at half past eight in the morning. And it's just given me like 10 hours a week. Mm. So like doing this interview now doesn't feel like I rushed out of bed to do an interview at midday, you know, of all times. Mm. So I had like two, three hours work this morning before coming here. So it makes me feel really good. On the other side is my shoulder pain is back with a vengeance in the past two days. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here very, very aware of it all down the side of my neck. Mm. But we're alive, right? When you're feeling pain, it means you're here still. <laughs> you know, it's part of it. So, yeah. yeah, I'm feeling really good at the moment. That's good. That's good. Um, How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, I've got a lot uh, to work on and, and working through at the moment. But um, also, um, we were talking before we went live, I mentioned to you that I had um, a substantial amount of sleep today. And it's just interesting how, um, well, not interesting, but I just find it we don't realize how necessary it is to respond to our bodies when our bodies are telling us to slow down. Yeah. Mm. And the thing is, is that not all of us get the opportunity to do so, which is detrimental. You know, well, we don't visit our bodies half as often as we should. Mm. We tend to visit our bodies for pleasure and we try to avoid them for pain. Yeah. So, you know, the obvious intimacy, oh, I'll visit my body, you know, at that point. But most of the time we're, we're in our heads so much. And whenever the body's saying, hey, I'm struggling here, mm-hmm. we'll take painkillers to try to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Go away. Not interested. Having got time for you to have pain today. Mm-hmm. So instead of like, well, why is the pain there? Yeah. Well, the pain in my shoulder is because the way I was sat yesterday in part. The arm of the chairs are slightly too high because I lost a bit of weight. So it's pushing up on the shoulder. And also I've moved, I've, because I've redone my room here, the keyboard was in front of me. And I noticed this morning, just leaning forward to the keyboard was really painful. Mm-hmm. So I've moved the keyboard to the side. Then I could numb all the pain and soldier through, or I could listen to the pain as information. Yeah. And go, what is my shoulder telling me? It was, it's interesting and I'm really glad that you brought that up because I was just going to ask you before, why is it that you think you have that pain um, in your shoulder yeah. or uh, towards your neck there? Because um, you've made a valid point. There's definite reasons for why that occurs. It's just about tapping in and being intuitive as to what is it that you, what he's telling you at that time. Yeah. We often put it down to age or it's just my body and it's just this is what's going on but yeah those things are only contributing factors Mm -hmm. um very often if a pain suddenly comes it's because we're changing or doing something quite different yeah and it's okay it's you know 
but don't avoid it sit in it ask it be be inquisitive to it um and then after that after you've inquired about it yeah take some painkillers mm-hmm. it's okay to do that but it's not okay to mask it and push it away and try to get rid of it yeah and soldier through because it won't go away mm-hmm. well i suppose it comes down to um understanding and education really doesn't it yeah everyone has perception on why things happen more so when it comes to the body not realizing it's usually an emotional or spiritual trigger as well something that we're not addressing or something that we have been ignoring to some degree whether we're conscious of it or not so you know it's interesting it's because it's not something that's uh, we're not reinventing the wheel and we talk about these things you know it's been around for a very long time it's just that we've forgotten i i always think of the buddha when um and whenever we talk about the buddha we normally talk about the sixth buddha um siddhartha Gautama. he was the one that sat underneath a tree for well when he left the palace he went on his walk and his pilgrimage he become a Brahmin, which is a basically a guy that lives off give, giving advice, becoming a teacher. So they only eat what's given to them. So they've got to do good to get the food and all that. It's, it's a good little practice. Not sure it would work in today's world. But he then was looking for the Buddha for the answers to suffering. He never found it. After a few years, he sat underneath a tree and said, I'm not going to move here until I find, yet, find why we suffer. And that's when he came up with the Four Noble Truths. And that's who we always talk about, the six Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama. Really good story. Read his book. It's like quite, probably not his book, but his story. Yeah. Um, but I often think, what would he think if he was suddenly come back now and heard us still now trying to tell people, trying to tell ourselves <laughs> on a daily basis, listen to our bodies, to our bodies. He'd probably go, really? Have you not got it yet? <laughs> Seriously, it's like two and a half thousand years later and you haven't moved on from, you know, not listening to your bodies yet or yeah. people around you. And or haven't it'd be so funny just have that conversation. Yeah, and haven't moved on from this conversation and recognition. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and, and, and I wonder how long we'll all, not all, but I wonder how much longer we'll have to continue uh, saying the same things over and over and over again. Forever. Mm. Um, and while we're here, and it's, it's, the way we, it's the way we consciously develop. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheryl's just said, I'm, I'm doing well just viewing today. Yeah, because she was my admin on my page, so normally she's working well. <laughs> so she can just relax now. Um, yeah, anybody can share this and all that. I'm guessing it's all free to share, in it? Yes, 100%. And ask questions during or whatever. Definitely. But you asked a really important question. How long are we going to be still doing this? Um, and it reminds me of the the question that i think every teenager or every person that starts looking outside of their own little town they ask the question is 
will there ever be a time when there's no war? It's, it's a similar question. At what point will we, will we all wake up? And that is, the, the whole point is we have to be asleep. We have to be ignorant. We have to make mistakes. We have to have that search for success in money, house, cars. We have to have that I want mentality as a child. And that has to become healthy. The desires of life to build life has to become healthy. And along with that, you've got the deadly sins, you've got the greed, and you've got the, the other six that I cannot remember at the moment. <laughs> but greed's definitely one of them. And you've got all those things, but you cannot skip it. Mm. And this is what's really important. You, you, we, we often want everybody to be born at this awake, spiritual, loving, kindness way of the most loving grandma, that mentality life. But you can only get there through some pain, some hassle, some falling, some rock bottoms. Mm -hmm. And we cannot do that to a four or five year old before they've developed a healthy ego that can handle it. Yeah. So the best we can hope for is that we speed up the process of the growing, the way you can, the, the, the growing up, the wanting success, developing a decent ego, um, a healthy ego, um, developing emotional wisdom in mm -hmm. teenagers. So the move on can happen before you've got access to the button to nuclear weapons. Mm. So will we ever get rid of war? Yes, as long as we speed up the process of the conscious because every human from the day it's born no not every human but a lot of humans our journey of growing up waking up cleaning up and showing up is really what humans have done collectively for the last hundred thousand years mm -hmm. first of all humans started communicating they started having feelings they started developing an ego over 60, 70,000 years. And then they started um, letting go of the ego and things like that over the past 10,000 years. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to um, how fast can we get through that process? Yeah. As each individual. Mm. So the answer is how do we get cultures like the Middle East and places like that and America and a lot of Europe how do we get them all meditating yeah. by the age of 12? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And open up their hearts to other people's differences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If we accept differences, we don't have to change anyone. Yeah. You know, really long answer to the short question. <laughs> sure. But it's all relevant. It's all valid. I think what um, uh, concerns me the most is that, um, there's a lot of people that stop growing or don't value or understand that um, it's imperative to continue um, with their own personal yeah. development, mentally, physically, spiritually. And, you know, some people actually get to a point 
where they they just stop growing. They just some somehow assume that everything that they know is all that they need to know. And and that's got a lot to do with ego, of course. You know, um, yeah. just getting to a point where everything that they know uh, they assume is correct and right, and that there's no yeah. room for growth and there's no room for future development or ongoing development. Well, you, you cannot have the healthy ego of well wait a minute my opinion may not be true until you have that thought that you are everything and everything is true and everything you think is true it has to go that way first mm-hmm. um i just want to sh- hi gloria's here and dave moore's here yeah and peter, peter. Um, hi peter um Cheryl says so true, Stephen. We have to grow through the pain indeed, step by step, inch by inch. It is only as we change and grow that we build our character. Mm. Through our struggles, we bloom into a beautiful person, more, more mindfulness and awareness. It must be like six in the morning for Cheryl at the moment. Oh, is it? Where, yeah. where is Cheryl at the moment? Where does she In America. So Cheryl's in America. Not sure where Gloria is. I think Gloria might be in America too. Dave's in the UK. Peter's from um, Gold Coast, Australia. Oh, no, Peter's New Zealand, he just said. Oh, no, Peter's Gold Oh, unless there's two Peters. No, I know. Peter Williams is from Gold Coast, Australia, unless he's travelling at the moment. I he might well be. No, there's only one Peter in the world. Um, he's there's only one Peter in the world, and we have him on the live with <laughs> I love that when people go on holiday or we have this perception that we live in a really big country and the other countries are small in the world. And I always love it when someone says like, Oh, I went to France. I said, yeah, I know someone in France. So I don't know if you bumped into them. Or yeah, no, <laughs> but I did go on holiday when I was 14 years old and we live in a road with 16 houses, 14 years old. And we'd only been here about five years. And we stayed in a hotel in Switzerland. I went with the school. Mm-hmm. And I guess we were staying in the same hotel. The person that lived up the end of the road, the family was staying in the same hotel in Switzerland at the same time. So that was a bit. That's interesting. Serendipity or whatever it is. Or... Mm. Um, but you asked, just before that, you asked something that was, and it slipped my mind for the minute. You were saying, yeah people get stuck mm-hmm. it's a huge thing how do you wake people up when they're stuck well you can't hey mm. because how do you wake someone up that's already awake yeah you know we've got to be aware we're asleep to wake up um now then i'm aware i'm still asleep which makes me awake mm. ironically in five years' time, I will look back when I'm now and think, oh, my God, I was ignorant then, too. Yeah. We are always ignorant. Yeah. Um, and we are always waking up. Yeah. But how do you wake up someone that is already awake, knows everything, doesn't need to read books, doesn't need to look outside of themselves? Because when we become about a teenage age, we have to close our minds down at some point. Because you cannot take every position. No. You cannot take 
yeah, every position, that's the best way of explaining it. You just can't take everything in from everybody's angles, from everything. And we live in such a world now with so much more knowledge, so much more access to knowledge. Mm -hmm. In a world-centric view, rather than just my culture. Yeah. You know, humans are still not developed on from the last, really, in the physical sense, in the last 100,000 years. Mm -hmm. So our brains have developed in a culture to really in the past 15,000 years mm-hmm. to only deal with what's immediately around us in our culture system. Yeah. No more. Mm-hmm. Yet we're now trying to live in probably, I don't know, 50,000 cultures around the world. Probably millions actually, but you know, mainstream cultures, different ones. Yeah. We're bombarded with information from every angle. And we're expected to be able to hold all of those positions with openness and kindness. Yeah. How can a teenager do that? How can a 10, 12 year old do that? No. And and so they have to close their mind. Yeah. Information overload. Um, Yeah. In increments over time, you know, we can only develop it um, at the pace that um, we're capable of. Yeah. Um, just to turn a, a bit of a spin and please, of course, challenge me on it. Or, um, what I find interesting when it comes to wisdom or knowledge that um, a lot of, I'm not saying that reading or it, educating yourself or going outside of your world and tapping into somebody else's world, whether it be, you know, with books, courses or whatnot, is not valuable. 100% it is. Um, you know, anything related to personal or professional development is of course but i find that we, uh, a lot of us miss the point on studying our own life experiences yeah and um what happens to us to um for us to, for us to study that as well if that makes sense um i think it makes sense it, what you're asking is we take into account other people's lives. When we're reading someone else's book, we read their story. We learn from their story. We learn from courses. We learn from external influences. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I read books and I really look into their story and think, wow, and it teaches me something. Mm-hmm. But to, to turn it in the other way around and learn from our stories, it's really difficult because we believe we do anyway. Mm. Because we lived it, because we're there, because we're in our heads. First of all, we presume everybody else is in our heads too. <laughs> we presume everybody knows what we're thinking. We presume everybody. That's why we're like, you know, can anybody see that seriously? You know, well, you knew what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I've said that to people and it's like, well, and now I realize, how do they know unless they live my whole life perfectly as the way I have mm-hmm. and see it from my angle right in this moment? Mm-hmm. But we presume we have these expectations. But going back to your question, that's really part of the, the, the cleaning up and realizing our journey, our stories has so many gifts and so many lessons. And you cannot just dismiss them. You have to really look into them deeply. 
and if it's troubling if you really don't want to go there go there because wherever it's troubling wherever a place you don't want to go to yeah is the most precious gift is the most precious thing you will find yeah um you know when you're under the most pressure to be really I was going to say the diamonds come out the most pressure, but I can't quite link it up with that metaphor. But it, it is that, you know, the most amazing thing has come from when we are under the most pressure, when our stories are the most toughest. Definitely. So revisit them. Go back to them. Definitely. It's interesting, Stephen, because I want to recap. Before we went online, we talked very briefly about um, Aussie sitcom and Neighbours. Neighbours. Just very briefly, because obviously, you know, uh, you're from the UK, me being Australian, and um, we just had like a mini mini chat or a mini joke about it. And, and in relation to what we're saying, I suppose where I'm coming from as well is if people um, focus their attention on their own lives, their own circumstances, the things that are coming in and out, whether you want that call, you know, um, as much as they dedicated time to some to um, sitcom drama, that's a personal um, development course on steroids itself. Yeah. You know, assessing the interactions, the dynamics. Um, why certain circumstances occur, what are the lessons behind it, where, it, where within those areas um, is opportunity for growth and reflection. Um, you know, I could be here looking at it from many, many different angles over and over again. But um, I, I truly believe in my heart that, you know, if we focus that attention um, as to what's happening in our everyday lives with the people um, that we have around us or the people that have fallen, fallen off, you know, our life trail and whatnot and really looked at that as to what am I learning from this, what, why is this happening, but more so what is it that I can get out of this for my own um, spiritual growth, psychological growth, um, evolution, self-evolution, so I can uh, be a better version of myself today than what I was yesterday based on the turmoil or tragedy or circumstances, pain, love, whatever it is that we're experiencing. Um, what a much more beautiful process. It is. And you, you, you're now on the head. It's about asking questions. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's how we develop the questions. And as, as children, we learn to ask what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. And you're saying about the stuck and about the stuck is still asking the questions externally. Yeah. Why did you do that to me? Why don't you love me? Why don't you do this? Why aren't I get a promotion? Why aren't I? We, we got to turn it inside. Why am I feeling like this? Why am I thinking this today? Yeah. You know, go deeper. Who's doing the thinking? Who's doing the feeling? Who's doing the self-development? And when we turn questions inside, if we take a deep breath and wait for the answers, mm -hmm. that's where you'll find we have all the answers. We don't have to ask the external world for the answers. Yes. You, you know, you have everything within you for all the personal growth. Mm -hmm. You know, in Buddhism, it's called the infinite storehouse, mm -hmm. I think, or Zen or somewhere. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Um, and at the point where you're born, 
Wayne Dyer calls it intention. You have everything in the physical thing already mapped out in the DNA. Mm -hmm. Everything that you do is then about questions about how you're looking at things and what you do. You have complete free will. But you can be and do anything. Mm-hmm. we're often held back by well your granddad was no good at math so the family isn't so don't bother all of that is complete and utter we now know the brain changes to what we do mm. um, subject to having some kind of brain injury if you believe you're bad at remembering things you won't bother trying Yeah. so therefore guess what <laughs> Mm. it's at self-limitation yeah and and we create all these things based on belief yes whether you think you're good at memory um or you're not you're both right or something was it henry ford said whether you can or can't you're both right yes 100 um, i want to go back to the most important bit of this conversation though neighbors <laughs> <laughs> of course I used to love neighbours, and my cup of tea is getting really heavy. I used to love neighbours, and we were saying just before we come on air, and I've come alive now, because we're talking about the Australian accent and the female Australian accent. So I'm so in love with Nicole Kidman. I I went through my teenage years of neighbours, and I said Charlene, wasn't it? I think so, yes. She was called Charlene, and oh, I so didn't like Scott. He, he was so lucky to be with Charlene and to find out they dated in real life. Jason, you know, you took all my dreams away. Mm. So who else watched Neighbours? Who else watched all these? <laughs> We're going from conscious evolution to the most awesome show of the 80s and 90s. <laughs> mm. But joking aside, teenagers need that disconnection. Mm. I need that disconnection sometimes. And, okay, TV and marketers and everything like that are there to step in. Mm-hmm. Trust me, they'll, they'll see something. But they see that teenagers need that disconnection. They need that break. And they need to do it passively. Yeah. And that's what TV is there. It's, it's another service. Yeah. But recognize when you're using it as a disconnection. And recognize when you're on the third season on netflix when you only started watching it two days ago yeah (laughs) and you haven't been to bed yet recognize it become aware and go okay perhaps i should stop for a few days i think (laughs) um interesting yes because um they've measured that the brain is actually more underactive when plugged into watching television than what it is when it's asleep. So it shows that it requires a disconnection. I think my concern, however, especially when we're talking about teenagers, um, for example, or, you know, um, people that are still going through such a, a, maybe a vulnerable um, development, developmental stage, that there may not be enough communication, education and awareness that, all let's be real, like let's be fair a lot of um our sitcoms are highly dysfunctional when it comes to um displaying acts of dynamics between people and relationships and things as such i'm not quite sure whether it's clearly 
understood or highlighted to a degree that this is just what it is. It is not an example of how people should be interacting and treating each other from a consciousness right. and awareness perspective. It's not an example of how we should be treating, interacting and, and respecting or lack of respect for, for others. Um, you know, for someone that doesn't plug into um, television or, or, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't even know what's out there. I only hear from word of mouth. But for the little that I do tap into, um, I'm quite easily, my energy is very quickly shocked as to um, the, you know, what goes on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and probably more so. We have to, going back to developing a healthy ego. Where a healthy ego comes in is I recognize my energy shifting from this TV program. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit with it and be okay with it, but I'm not going to do it every night because it's making fun. It, it's about not disconnecting mm -hmm. from the world, from anything you don't want to see or don't want to feel. Yeah. Being human is about experiencing everything. Yeah. Not just experiencing the good stuff. Mm. so to me on a spiritual journey the first thing you do is please disconnect please disconnect from the news disconnect from anything because your ego at that point is heavily influenced mm. and in order to get control over the ego a healthy control a healthy balance over the ego um we need to disconnect we need to get rid of everything that's you know it, it's no good if you're addicted to something just going, okay, I'll get rid of it partly. Mm -hmm. Now then, I'm not saying about alcohol or drugs or anything, because that probably, you could probably never go back to it because of the way the chemicals not work. However, but with the news and media, at some point after two, three years, and you can recognize it, reconnect, mm -hmm. but reconnect from the heart and the deep heart mind and recognize, well, you know, this is the energy that others feel. I'm feeling this energy. Um, I don't necessarily like this energy, but I'm sitting with this energy because I need to know how others are feeling at the moment. Mm. How do others see this news? It would be a disservice to me if every single person that developed love, compassion, understanding, disconnected from so much that's going on in the world, that we wouldn't be able to ever feel the pain of a teenager. Mm. and the stresses they go through having to watch neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> but what is really, the, the, you know, what I think is fascinating about, or a great thing with these soaps, and I don't know about Australia, but in the UK, we have things like Hollyoaks and EastEnders, and they're, they're, they're particularly negative. However... They do hit upon government campaigns mm -hmm. and they do have maybe a suicide in it and they will work with it and they will show people they're not alone and they'll put up the telephone number at the end and they tell stories deliberately to help. Mm -hmm. um, so it isn't just about that. It is a way of connecting with these teenagers because they're not going to pick up a spiritual growth book but they will watch 
Hollyoaks. And if Hollyoaks makes them feel that they're not alone, that somebody else is going through the bullying or something else like that, I don't care whether they get it from Hollyoaks, a book, or the highest, best spiritual teacher in the world. Mm-hmm. Provided there's the open space and the opportunity for them to, ah, I can pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. It is okay. I'm not the only one. Yeah. And, and the whole spiritual scene there is somewhat we're up there and we're doing really well and we're understanding the world. Mm. Well, the true spiritual scene, the real one is about being part of their world too. Yeah. We're not separate to it. We're intertwined to it. And you know, there are, I was going to say children is probably not the right way of saying it. You know, the spiritual world is about inclusiveness, yeah. not excluding. Yeah. But you have to let it go for a while. Mm-hmm. We've got loads and loads of comments. We do. We keep missing them. Um, my, I, the only thing is, is that I can only see one, two, three, four at a time, which is a shame. Well, I've got Facebook up. Do you want me to go through a few of them? Yeah, that'd be good. I feel like we've missed a lot. I think um, there's Peter and um, a few others that were exchanging shows yeah i'm gonna go i've gone back up halfway to where peter says with myself about to submit my own manuscript for my own book congratulations peter nice one you see i jumped straight back it's about me now about my book (laughs) (laughs) i've changed my name of my book it's no longer the power of inner peace it's discover your inner peace oh wonderful shameless plug thanks peter for that (laughs) <laughs> um, it truly has been one of the best ex- exercises I have ever done. It has taught me so much about myself. I wish everyone would write their own. It's truly wonderful. Mm. Absolutely bingo. Mm-hmm. Share your story. And you said about what we learn from our story. Mm. We learn the most by sharing it. 100%. Definitely. Um, and I got on my page about submit your story. And I, I need to really push it a little bit more. But I try to encourage people to find a point in their life, a story, write down, you know, no more than 500 to 1,000 words. I'm not saying write a book. But write down your hardest pain, the hardest time. Mm. Write down how you overcome it and the gifts you got from it. For two reasons. A, you'll then recognize the gifts. And for B, somebody else is going through that same shit. Yeah. Yeah. And someone might need to read it. And like Wayne Dyer says, don't die with your song inside of you. Yeah. Um, Dave says, um, stopping learning after certification limits you to the level. Absolutely. Mm. If you want to complete, if you want to compete in this world, you have to keep up to speed with the changes and improvements. I know people who stopped learning after getting qualified 10 years ago. And absolutely. Just a lot of the professionals, like psychologists and everything like that, really do close their mind to other things. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not saying what they do doesn't work, because it does work. But it doesn't mean to say including other things cannot <laughs> I think everybody knows what I'm saying. Yeah. Just can't find the words. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. And and that's the thing, yeah. If for example, and you've picked um probably a really good 
um, uh, area or um, profession, actually, as an example, for example, psychology, you know, it's already been written out as to apparently how the mind works and how to tap into the psyche of others in order for understanding, et cetera, et cetera. But is that all? Is that all? You know, I find that it's very um, colour in between the lines. Um, if you were to talk to a psychologist um, about maybe uh, telepathy, ESP, psychic mediumship, it's very outside the box. Who's right? Because that's what you do, isn't it? Yes. And that's we what don't we talk do. about that very often, do we? No. We're yeah. going to be talking about that Friday. Is it Friday morning? You're on my page? This is, oh, yes. Oh, it's Friday evening for me, Friday morning for you. Friday morning. Yeah, we're, the UK is always chasing. <laughs> we're chasing the other countries around the globe. <laughs> so, um, yes, that's when um, I'm on your page tomorrow. Friday evening, Australia time. <laughs> Dave Moore mentions prisoner cell block H. I just don't know what to say to that. My sister used to love that. I used to watch that and think, oh, okay. And remember being it. <laughs> Shane and Angel. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea actually what that is. Because one obviously... Um, Prisoner. Oh, you're, you're like so much younger than me, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe. I don't so, know. I know. It doesn't show. My camera's really good. <laughs> um, yeah, Prisoner Cell Block H. Basically, it was a prisoner drama, a female's prison block. But thinking about now, it was genius show because... It was filmed in like indoors, in like rooms that had nothing but grey walls. Yeah. And I just think it's probably the cheapest, easiest filming of all everything ever. Mm. And you could have people come and go. Anyway, it's just a genius soap that worked. But yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> If you look it up on YouTube, Prisoner Cell Block H, you, you would see how far TV has come. Oh, okay. All right. You will see how far TV has come. I'll have um, to Google. Um, Cheryl, um, there was a comment by Cheryl I wanted to read out. Um, absolutely. A, be a better version of ourselves. And throughout life, changing events, we are... We are shaped and sparkled up into the shining, brilliant diamond. Absolutely. Mm. Um, Susan says, there are so many ways to get that disconnection. Personally, I like to get out in nature and away from distractions of the world. See, that's the thing. Teenagers would use neighbors or things to disconnect. Mm -hmm. When we become aware, we'll use nature. We use other things to disconnect. Mm -hmm. You know, we all sin differently. Yeah. If it's a sin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's easy to judge people for watching TV. Oh, definitely. But we're doing the same when we go and sit underneath a tree and mm -hmm. take a deep breath. 
I think, um, and I hope I'm not coming across as judgmental at all, um, and it's not my intent. Um, I think what concerns me the most is that um, there's a lot of people that uh, absorb what it is that they see and they take it for gospel. Yeah. You know, that this is a... It is and, a and it's unintentional. It is a version of reality that must be looked at. Um, uh, you, you know, you, it's important for us to pick and choose what serves us, to, you know, and pick and choose what resonates, not um, watching and absorbing and assuming that that is the way that the world is in its entirety or that yeah. is how we should behave holistically or that is how the world is modelled um, globally. It's just a thing that we happen to observe at that time and, and it's imperative to be able to walk away and make our own independent um, assessment and judgment on what it is that we're absorbing. It's just, it's, it's you know, it's like energy. And that's really important. Mm. And I think um, um, understanding that that's not always um, the case uh, yeah. is just, I suppose, highlights a concern um, that because it's so normal to have this box that, you know, displays and projects images and sounds that happen to all kind of correlate into a particular story depending on what it is that we're plugged into, what we're watching, what the channel is, that it is the norm and that is our reality, if, if, if I'm making sense. Yeah, you're absolutely making sense. Um, Simon and Garfunkel wrote about it in the song the sound of silence mm. um, we are disturbed by the neon lights and gods that we have created or similar words they were talking about tvs and the lights and all the shows that we and and it is see like everything it's just not black and white and this is why we do have to actively become aware and avoid tv avoid all these things that passively influence us yeah. until we're able to become aware of their influence. Mm -hmm. So we can transcend their influence by going, well, no, I'm going to watch this program and it is a program. Yeah. It is difficult because it's like a bad event. You have a car accident mm -hmm. and what's labeled as a bad event. It might not be, it might have saved you from a worse accident down the road. But it's labelled essentially as not a good thing to happen. And we'll then tell everyone and we'll relive it. And we might even return the same story for years. But the problem is every time we retell the story, we visualise it and we feel it. So therefore, the body doesn't know it's not real. So the body reacts in the same way. So like you're saying about TV and what's going on, on TV, the body doesn't actually know you're not sat in that soap, in that room, in that argument. Mm -hmm. So it reacts accordingly. And they know this when they make films in the cinema. You know, a film isn't about telling you a story. A film is about making you feel the story. Yeah. The best films are the ones that you walk out of there feeling what the actors and actresses not felt. 
that you walk out of there after a love story. You want to be walking out of there with a grin on your face, believing love is real and feeling love. In a horror movie, you want to be terrified. Mm. And then they've done their job. Yeah. So like you say, we sit there without even realizing it with this TV and many other influences that is actively, unconsciously making us feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, do they... Do, do, Waking up comes to a stage where we can choose how to feel. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can choose to watch a horror movie, and unless it's particularly really good, you can laugh about it and see the joke behind it and see that it's not real. Personally, I cannot watch, or I, I struggle to watch any kind of movie like that because I put myself in the position of it. Mm -hmm. So therefore, any kind of movies that are doing anything like that like i don't know i can't even think of a name of one mm -hmm. since i was a teenager and all that nah just mm. i'm like no that's like hurting i can't even look where's the pillow <laughs> yeah turn over the channel and i'll go back just when oh it's not over yet turn back over is it over turn back. no it's not over <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I get it. Is it? Can you see any more comments there on your end? Um, yeah, there's, lo there's loads and loads of them. And I, I, <laughs> I've missed I'm so feeling quite bad because I'm really enjoying this conversation. And can I plug my new book on out on November the 5th? I don't know if you are you joking or yeah, of course you can, Dave. Put it up. No, it's not even my show and it's not even my. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Florida. Do you know what, Dave? Go for it. Share your book with us. <laughs> Absolutely. I miss. I've missed the comments. Um, Susan doesn't even have a TV. That's the answer. Hi, Clea Rose. Life is our teacher, and we have we have the test to learn the lessons. Absolutely. Mm. Um. As a teacher by trade, the saying goes, you learn the most by teaching, looking at your life is teaching. Is teaching. Yeah. yeah. And we're always the student and we're always the teacher. Mm -hmm. And everybody is the teacher mm -hmm. and everybody is the student. 100%. Um, see this picture behind me? Yeah. Talking about life and lessons. That was painted by my ex-partner, Kemba's mum, my daughter's mum. Um, and when we finished, I had to hide that away. Couldn't see it. Um, and this is the perfect like thing. At some point, we have to put away something to get rid of it because it creates a feeling within us. Or we choose to have that created feeling, but we don't realize it's a choice. Now, I, when I found it, when I redone my room, I really like it. It's great. And it, it now symbolizes something different for me. It symbolizes that I'm able to forgive. Mm -hmm. And I can look at it and choose to be angry for what she did to me, or I can choose to be proud of myself for forgiving. I can look at it and go, yeah, she left the pencil marks on it, and she could really do it. So I can choose whatever I want. And, and that is the thing. We can choose how we feel. Mm. 
but it's how do we create that gap between what's arising yeah. and how we choose to feel about it. Mm-hmm. And that goes down to what you were saying about the soaps. A lot of people don't realize that they've been manipulated to feel a certain way yeah. without even knowing. Yeah, and or manipulated to perceive that the world operates uh, in that particular way, depending on what it is they're plugged into at that time, when it's not the case. It's just showing an aspect of whatever it might be for the next hour. Yeah. And it really does come and go. Yeah, yeah. And that's very powerful as well, what you said there, Stephen, about that um, using that picture that you got there as an example. Um, and it's a beautiful thing that you've now come to a point in your life where you are now happy to put it on display in your home and, and have it there and look at that um, picture and for, for you to be more empowered about how you choose to respond. Um, whereas, you know, once upon a time, the emotions that that picture evoked from you um, were, were not positive feeling um, emotions. And I think... I'm no longer punishing the picture. Yeah. The pictures are made to be on display. So I'm no longer putting it in the corner and going, how dare you make me feel like that? <laughs> Which I'm, de- I'm sure you did for a number of years, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hated the damn picture for what it did to me. How dare you? You know, seriously, you're on my wall looking at me Reminding me every morning. Reminding me of pain. <laughs> you inanimate object that's just there to just annoy me and annoy my life. And <laughs> but it just, you know, it's just a clear example of how that we're emotionally responsive beings. Um, yeah. That can link, can easily link um, feelings to situations, whether they be positive, negative, trauma, happiness, love. Um, and do you know what it's, and it's okay because it takes time to heal too. I think it's a process, you know, it is a process and it takes time. Um, what the time frame or time limit is, it's different for everyone and, um, whatever it is that you need to go through, you go through, but then the fact that you can still bring that out and look at that shows how much you've healed. Yeah. And it's not a linear, nice little journey of healing. No. It's up and down. It's backwards. It's forward. It's, can I swear, it's, sometimes it's really fucked up. Sometimes it's really smooth. Every single time is different. Yeah. And that's okay. Because it's your journey. It's your life. It's your waking up. Um, you know, and it never is you get to this place of, Right, I want to get there. Mm-hmm. It's not about getting anywhere. It's about being here and being okay with here because you can't do nothing else about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one thing that humans struggle with mm-hmm. is that we want to change the present moment. Yeah. Have we not? <laughs> not one person's ever managed to do it yet. We can change the next moment. We can have influence over the next moment but we are still trying to change the present moment into something that we want more favorably. Mm. Yeah. 
And why is that? Why is that, do you think? Um, because we have in our heads what we enjoy. From the age of four or five, we develop the what kind of type of ice cream, what we like, what we feel, what we so we like that food and we try to keep it. Mm. And we think that well, I'm not happy, and it's because I'm not there where I want to be, or I've not got what I want to have. I haven't got enough money. I haven't got enough freedom. I haven't got enough love. Yeah. Um, we're going through all that process of pushing and grabbing and wanting. Yeah. Whereas you cannot bring anything more to this present moment. Mm -hmm. You cannot take anything away from this present moment. But you can have gratitude and accept the present moment for what it is. Yeah. And it sure as hell beats a multitude of other things it could be. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so, well, um, someone said, what is the picture? I think I can zoom in on it. Let me, or at least focus on it. Looks like three people walking. If I move the box, there's a box come up on my screen. Yeah. Now it's got face tracking. <laughs> right, let's turn off face tracking. Well, it's it's three people walking up a hill. It's just a silhouette. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know the story behind it. I would have to ask her. Um, but yeah, it's just a nice picture. It's nice colours. And of course, my singing bowl. Mm. I can which see the is, um, was it spot on, Peter? A rabbit in my life was psychotic. I got to read that. I think um, um, there was a there was a comment earlier by Peter. Oh yeah, it's like the Matrix. Follow the white rabbit, but that rabbit does not travel in a straight line. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also stop trying to make sense of the journey. Yes. Where whether you like it or not, you're not going to work out the universe and all dimensions and everything about it. And you don't have the ability to be in everybody's heads in your lives and how they do it. So stop trying to think you can micromanage your life. Mm -hmm. You're not in control. Yeah. You're only in control of how you respond to everything. Mm -hmm. That alone will save you millions of pounds in um, psychological fees, yeah. psychology fees. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any more comments there that you can see? Uh, um, Cleo Rose says, um, just trust the journey, yeah? Mm. That's even a lesson for me recently is about um, just letting go and trusting how things are delivered. Yeah. Accepting is a hard thing for me. You know, giving love I find a lot easier than accepting love. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting because I never realized love was about accepting. Mm, that it's a great exchange. So... Mm -hmm. I'm just going to put this window down because I can see like five of me. I think a lot of us fall into that trap though, Stephen, to be fair. Um, 
you know, feeling comfortable to give loving energy, um, but not yet quite willing or know how to accept and receive love. Yeah. It's easy to give something someone that you know that you've struggled to, you know, especially for empaths um, that are quite caring and nurturing by nature. It's easy to give something out of the compassion of knowing what it's like to not have it. But it takes quite some time to reprogram or retrain or react um, in a manner where it's okay to accept love and receive love and care as well. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. You know, I'm 44, so I've spent the best part of 42 years a certain way, doing certain habits, building up those habits to survive in a world that, you know, can be hostile, can be really loving. And we build up this awareness to protect ourselves. Yeah. And to survive is not like a you don't immediately go to like the love and understanding in order to survive it's more about fight freeze or um so it's really hard to reprogram it's really hard to realize we're not living in this horrible hostile world that we're under threat all the time and i'm not sure this even links to your um question and comment really but it's really hard to reprogram it. It's, it's really, really difficult. But every now and again, you get these wonderful little breakthroughs, Ken show moments, mm-hmm. where just suddenly you'll have a flood of tears or you'll have tears of just overwhelming and joy that you suddenly go, oh my God, I get it. Yeah. Wow, I get it. And Jack Cornfield said that, you, you know, first the ecstasy, then the laundry. So we get it. We have these wonderful moments of um, just nirvana. This just, oh my God, that's what it feels like to be loved. Yeah. And then the work's involved in trying to get back there to that feeling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because life comes back and, you know, I'm glad it does. Mm -hmm. Because we cannot live life from those places. You have to re-engage. We have to. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely and it's those aha moments that allow us to be more to recognize uh future aha moments as they occur and the more that we embrace the that that those epiphanies or situations where we go boom light bulb wow that's what that is Wow, what Epiphany. a yeah, that's the word. So hard with that, and then our brain kicks in, and we start overanalyzing, and and then we end up uh, withdrawing from the happy place or the aha moment. But the more that they happen, um, it's such a blessing because it helps us remember um, who we truly are, really. Yeah, and it, oh, the, those aha moments is. It's to not feel guilt as well when we can't, don't always jump back into them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, because we often feel guilty and shame. It's like, well, I had it. I thought I got it sussed. Why has it all gone wrong? 
I've read that book. Everybody else that read that book is doing amazing and I'm not. Why? Mm-hmm. It's like, because you're human. Yeah. You're this wonderful, amazing human that is enjoying life. It's up and downs and everything as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, that we're talking about the ups and downs. I find a lot of people just generally, and this is just in my own observations, um, nothing or to no one it's, uh, in particular or specifically, but the general, I think, observation that I've had is, um, especially in today's, uh, in our existence right now, where new age healing and new age philosophy is really um, taking its own, you know, driving its own cart, so to speak, and there's this somewhat general consensus that um, if you've got ups and downs and and if you've got struggles to some degree, then you're just attracting situations and drama and that it's perceived as negative. Do you know what? Embrace um, adversity. Life kicks in the asses and kicks in the balls, if we can say, because where is your growth without it? Feel like it's almost like we've taken a complete flip and everyone's like, oh, you know, it's all zen and everything needs to be, you know, um, peace, love, lollipops, and we're attracting all of these beautiful things. Yes, of course, 100%. You know, that's a, an aim of the game. But let's not judge um, ups and downs and circumstances and situations yeah. that they're put in our path to help us grow. Like... Uh, uh, absolutely. Um Dave Moore says it's all to do with feeling worthy of love and care by others. Dealing with it is just one thing, but knowing that we are worth it is a major step we have to overcome. Yeah, it is majorly. Yeah. Um, Cheryl says we are up. We are our own worst critic. Mm -hmm. Lightening up a tad, lightening up a tad and loving ourselves more Mm -hmm. to be able to love others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's where the receiving of our love, you know, give give love, but also receive that love as well. It it is a two part process, which I never realised. I thought it was just give love, give love to ourselves, give love, give love. You have to receive it. Yeah, and that's often harder. Mm -hmm. And and just one other thing, because I'm wary of your time and my belly. It's lunchtime in the UK. I never do a live about talking about food in some respect. Um, a typical man. <laughs> um, the heart's in the belly. Um, it, it's, I, I don't know anybody, you know, Tiknan Hart, Eckhart Tolle, all the, you know, all the people never get to a place and stay there. It's a matter of you're still working. And do you know what the best you can get to? Is that is an enlightened response in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then again, and then again, and then you fail, and then again, and then you fail, 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 and come back again. And that's what it's going to be. You're not going to be enlightened in every single moment. You're not going to respond in the most beautiful, compassionate way every single time yeah and it's okay yeah (laughs) it's okay it's absolutely okay yeah 
It's where I, um, I suppose you said that a little bit more um, with purpose, I feel, um, as to what I meant. You know, it is okay to not respond in the most, what we perceive as the most enlightened. It's okay not to always be having positive feelings when we're reacting to uh, situations in life. Um, but what should be, I think, more the focus is exactly what you said, you know, when we fall. Um, just accept, you know, when we make a mistake or we hit a dead end or yeah. um, we're faced with uh, what we perceive at that time as an unfortunate circumstance, just embrace it for what it is and, and go through the journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Dave's just made a brilliant, a brilliant synchronicity between like this show and aha moments. When you have an aha moment, you learn to take on me. Can you remember? You do you remember know how aha the band? No. Well, aha, they they sung several songs, and so when you have a aha moment, you learn to take on me, which was one of their songs. And then even the sun always shines on TV. That was one of their songs. Um, you know that if you cry wolf and stay on these roads, they're all songs by our hearts. So it's just brilliant. <laughs> but the sun shines on TV. I thought that was interesting. Um, before you can accept everything, you, you must first open your hand. Yeah. See, that's what I've got the hand on here to remind me. Yeah. It's to remind me to receive too. Um, you cannot give from an empty cup to use a phrase that's used quite a lot nowadays, Mm -hmm. but you cannot just keep giving, giving, giving. Mm -hmm. You have to, at some point be open to receiving back. Yeah. And that's just, could be compliments right through to items, things you need. So thank you everybody for joining us. I really appreciate this. (laughs) 